Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the full 40. It's Chris and Rob brought to you by Nova Insider. And we are happy to report that the t-shirts have arrived. That was the big news on everybody's email this week is the t-shirts are here. Yes. The and Villanova are backed here. into a Big East championship. Team. Yes. Secondary news, Villanova, Big East champions. Congratulations to everyone. Everyone listening, we did it. We did it. It was a team effort. Yeah. All but, of our listeners, but, we banded together. But, but we made it happen. We did make it happen. Yeah. In it, spite of in spite of Jay Wright and his coaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, god. Just kidding. Um, but actually. Yeah, but actually. So so a number of things happened this week. First off, we only played one game, which I still think was positive. We did sure. look a little rusty to start the Seton Hall game, but I thought it was still overwhelmingly positive that we got some rest because the guys definitely look rested yeah no i totally agree with that yeah and and i think they look maybe a little rusty but okay that's fine the next game up is thursday that's not too long of a distance and but still a little bit more rest time and i think it'll be very positive to have the team now have that much rest going into the tournament now the other side to that is we're coming off a loss to end the season we're going to have a tough game because the whole conference tournament's going to be wild. Which, yeah, we'll, we'll get to a little bit later. So, yeah. quick preview. We're going to do a big tourney preview, yes. as expected. But, yes. yeah, it's going to be a hot mess. And then and then the NCAA tournament's coming up. So, I'll raise the specter. Is it possible that we lose out to end the season? You mean, is it possible we pull a Marquette? <laughs> seems, seems to be Marquette's strategy. Yeah. We're just going to run the table going the wrong way. Right, so I think it might be possible, but I want to let's let's get there. Yeah. Right, and let's play out kind of how this week took place. Yeah. Not only for us, but in the conference. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then and then see what our prospects are going forward. Yeah. The big thing for me was so let's start with the game this week. Yeah. Like you said we had one game. This game to me was simply a microcosm. Of the entire season. Yes. It's the same storylines you and I have talked about for weeks on end. Something went right. A number of things didn't go right. Cremo continued to be MIA. Oh, my God. It's like it's the same shit we no, keep talking about. No, the problem was that Cremo wasn't MIA. Yeah, that's true. That's right. that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Too, too much. Too Cremo much, yes. wasn't MIA. He was too... A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poorly executed, but I like where you're going with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He was in action too much. Yeah. Now, look, we're not going to talk about JQ. It's clear that the decision has been made that he's just no longer going to play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and he also had an injury. Yes. So he had dealt with was dealing with some back issues that stemmed from Thursday's practice, I believe it was. Mm. So whatever. Whatever. Yeah, we've beat it to death. We're not doing it again. But you know who was available? Mm. Cole Swider. Described by Jay Wright as, like, one of, quote, the best shooters he's ever had. Yes. And I'm not sure if you know, but Jay's had a few good shooters in the day. Yes. A couple names come to mind, but, you you know, he's seen a a number of good guys. Right, like Dominic Cheek. Yes. uh, (laughs) Malik Waynes. Right. Great shooters. I think Malik Waynes actually started shoot him up, sleep in the streets. (laughs) He slept in the streets a lot. 
<laughs> now he's sleeping in Paris, actually. Yes. So, I, I hate to boil it down to one guy. And, like, look, it's a team effort. If win or lose, it's a team effort. Yeah, for sure. But I hate to boil it down to one guy. But, like, Jay's insistence on playing Cremo for 16 minutes yesterday, I just can't help but think that that was, like, the game in a nutshell. Now, look, we got in holes. We recovered. The game had ebbs and flows. We, yeah. tried, we tried our strategy of not scoring for a long stretch. Yes. Which we seem to like to work in. Yeah, not definitely. Not sure why. We actually worked in a couple of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we did a good job working that in a lot. <laughs> right. Inter- interesting strategy, Jay. Yes. So, so, Cremo, it seemed like he always came in as we cut the lead down to three or four or five. Mm-hmm. Like, got that game into within striking distance. Yeah. Cremo comes in and, oh, fuck. Yeah. We're down 12. Yeah. We go on a... Primo comes out. All of a sudden, we go on a run. Game's back down to three. Oh, fuck. We're down 16. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's honestly mind-boggling to me that we're still dealing with this. Yeah. Forget the missed shots. The guy had... The guy was 0 for 4, so we'll talk about the missed shots. But, like, beyond the missed shots, like, he had two turnovers, and they were... Bad. They were, I, I remember them. He threw the ball to the other team straight up. I think Jay would have kicked JQ off the team if, yeah, they, if he would have right. made those turnovers. Yeah. We're not talking about JQ. We're not talking about JQ. That's That's we're not talking about JQ. Two turnovers, two fouls. I think he had one rebound. So And I think one assist as well. Well, way to go. Yeah. Getting yeah. on the stat sheet. That's right. That's right. Right? In a positive way, 0.16 minutes played. You can't tell me that Cole Swider couldn't have done... At least the equivalent. And, and the, here's, here's my point, which I know we were talking about before this, is that Jay could very easily just be like, hey, look, Cole Swider, you know, he missed a lot of time, and, and maybe, maybe we try to get him in a little bit, but kind of be honest, like he's kind of done for the season. But he actually took the effort to say, we're going to try and work Cole in and get him some burn. Yeah, he said it. So come on, like, don't say that just to, like, blow smoke up our ass. Like, Put the kid in right. if you're going to put him in, or don't. Just and just be honest with it. Right. Like it's just I that's get, what I get me. that there's gamesmanship. Sure. Right? Like it's not just about there's a gamesmanship factor. Like you want people to prepare. They got to spend time preparing yeah. for other players, or you want people to not prepare so you have like a secret weapon. Totally. But like, like everybody can see through it at this point. Swider wasn't a player who was like wrongfully or or whatever. Like he wasn't like a JQ who had like disciplinary issues. Yeah. Or, Benching because of other things yeah. or or other factors, etc. Swider was like a regular part of the rotation. Now I'm not saying he was like a 15 minute a game type. No, guy. I was getting like Tanner. He was less, getting yeah. five to ten minutes yeah. a game. Why can't we get him to five or ten minutes a game? He's not that out of shape. No. he was. He had a hand injury, so right. he's kept up with his conditioning. Everything that the basketball accounts posted, Shaq's posted, him himself has posted, has been all about how Swider's working on all the other pieces of the game that don't involve his hand. Totally. Right? And he's taller. He's longer. uh, Yeah, he's not stronger than Joe, but Joe's slow. He he plays a different different position. It's not not a one-for-one switch, right? Booth and Gillespie were in foul trouble. So I, I get that you needed a guard. I get that. Not lost on me. Right. But how about instead of 16 minutes for the guy who probably had like a minus like 30 in the plus minus. <laughs> we did try to look it up. We couldn't find it. We that. couldn't find yeah. the plus minus, but it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. That's all you need to know. How about five minutes for Swire? 
Yeah. So, Instead something. of 11 minutes for Cremo and 5 minutes for Because, Swipe. and here, here's my thing, is do it now. Do it in that game. Because you know, win or lose in the Seton Hall game, we're, we've got to see, we've got a spot in the NCAA tournament. We're going to be the one or the two seed in the Big right, East. Right, already Big East regular season champions. Yeah. So There's so very he, little consequence. No, there's very little consequence. And Jay's stated goal every season is to win the regular season Big East Championship. Right. And that is his that is his stated goal. He says nothing else in March. He doesn't game plan for everything. Obviously, he wants to win titles. But he is stated that his goal is to win the Big East Championship. That goal was accomplished by Marquette on Wednesday yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. they continued to suck. Right. And, and my point is more like, okay, so Jay didn't put Swider in on Saturday. Now that we're into the postseason, he's going to be even more reluctant to actually put him in because he hasn't played. Right. Not that, it, look, it may not even be, it may be out of Jay's mind at this point to even play Swider. He, he may have said, nah, he's, he's not playing. Like, there's just no chance. But you would have thought that maybe it happens if he gets a couple minutes against Seton Hall. In my mind, there's no chance now. Now, like, now, yeah, now he's down to a seven-man rotation. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that Jay already stated that he wants to get to an eight-man rotation. He said that in the pre in the warm-up to this week's game. At some point in time I was reading, Jay said, I like to have eight. Yeah. Meaning an eight-man rotation. And assuming that Quinterly is not factor in that eight, they were talking about Swider, so they definitely wanted to get Swider worked in. Yeah. I don't get it. Why sit the kid? I don't either. But anyway, so so that's a lot of a lot of the negative coming out from it. A couple of the positives in my mind. Um, our favorite, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Hey, hey Bay Bay. Bay. Uh, right. Just continues to be a revelation. He's he had, terrific. I think, like thirteen and four, just knocking you down threes. His shot looked quicker yesterday. Like it looked Dude, a little and, bit like he like. He, he, his shot pre- changes all the time. It's not a pretty looking shot, but like. If he can quicken that release point and I think and that release, which I think he did, I think yesterday, for whatever reason, it looked like he was getting the ball off a little bit quicker. Dude's always ready to shoot. Yes. He's a hundred percent ready to shoot. Right. And it goes in. Yeah. So look, <laughs> it goes in. It goes in. Which we need a little bit more of this year. Yes. But yeah, look, Sadiq Bay continued to be great, loved it. Uh one of the things I love seeing, Colin kind of broke out of a bit of his slump, which was, that was obviously big. caused by us. Yes. So, again, apologies to Colin for that one. But, yeah. We're going to act like, though, we're going to forget it happened and yeah, act like Colin is still on. in the slump. So, if Colin can get out of the slump, that'd be good. Yes. Yeah. He should <laughs> definitely continue to get out of the slump. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, he had a, a great game um, offensively. Yeah, a great game offensively. Yeah. Yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Colin still, I think we've got with the original concern. I think there's a little bit with Gillespie of he is who he thought he was. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. He is offensively way more gifted than I thought sure. he was. Defensively, there's still that element of is he athletic enough to keep up? Is he you know fast enough, quick enough, whatever, yeah. to, to to hold his own in, in the league. And and there were some bonehead plays too that he made. But by and large, Gillespie is not the issue with this team. No. And the last and, thing, and yeah. he's been and he and I thought he played great yesterday. Yeah, no, it was it was good to see him. He's got to hit those shots if we want a chance. If we want a shot at anything really in March. And last thing I'll mention, positive: Samuels continued to be aggressive, knocked down a couple three pointers. Got to have it. We've talked about it ad nauseum. The themes for this team, I will say this: the themes for this team are basically the same. Yeah. The issues continue to be the issues. The question marks continue to be the question marks, and the stuff that works well, it seems to change every game. But, but that's been the story of this season. 
Exactly right. But I do want to talk about yesterday's game because I do feel like yesterday, like we've been saying, like, is this possible for this team to win in the non-Phil Booth Eric Pascal uh, show? The non-heater, yeah. Yes. And no bench points. So Demir Kazi Roundtree was an enigma yesterday. He was not, did not do a great job. Around he did not. He, did, he didn't have many minutes, though. No, like he didn't. Cremo, we've already discussed. Pascal had 14 and Booth had 16. But Gillespie had 22, Bay had 13, and Samuels had 10. This is really good contribution. Balance scoring. Was Absolutely. Balance scoring. That's yeah. my point. And I think I think that that's going to continue to happen. I think that Booth – I think that we have found our secondary tertiary guys with Gillespie, Samuels, and Bay. The question is, is there enough time for those guys to get the job done going forward. Well, I mean, that's what I always advise my teams to do is wait to figure it out until the postseason. That's always a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Just really run it run it to the end of the season. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's a fair point. Um, and yeah, we know where the scoring is going to come from at this point. A great example of balance. Will it play out? I don't know. So, so let me ask you this. Were you, like, we were talking about this a little bit before we came on, but were you like you, we're usually pretty emotional after we win or lose a game. I wasn't emotional. I, I wasn't either. Because yeah. I, because here's the thing: is I watched that game knowing I was fully prepared mentally for how this game was going to play out. Because it's been the same every single game. You don't know what you're going to get, which has totally changed my mindset. And like I said, I was kind of like like we talked about earlier. I knew we had a share of this Big East title, which in my mind, I don't want to downplay it because we've been so spoiled. But I'm kind of like. Eh, this is almost like a meaningless Big East title because like the Big East has been an absolute shit show. Marquette should have won the title several games ago, but they just continued to shit the bed. Lost four games down the stretch. What? Unbelievable! To right? Not only lose the outright title. Yeah. Not lo- and then lose a share of it. And to lose a share of it too. Insane. Yeah. So yeah. So I was sitting there thinking, I was like, all right, look. We've got a share of this thing locked up. I don't really ca- as a fan, I don't really care. It's great for our guys to like get that recognition. And like you said, like Jay always talks about, hey, we want it, you know, we've got three titles we're trying to go after. Well, the one thing it does, it did have like uh, being on Twitter and being in the college basketball sphere yesterday. Yeah. It did have good resonance there. And That's true. Actually, people were yeah. talking about like even in a down year, Villanova loses four guys. Jay Wright still gets his guys true. to win a big East Championship. So there's still a lot of positive press. That's fair, yeah. Even after a loss. But that being said, it does feel like we backed our way into a loss this year. Yeah. Like, if we, even if we won one more game, I don't know why. If we won that game or we won the Marquette game in February, um, or if we won one of those games, the St. John's game, whatever, I would have felt maybe a little bit differently. Yeah, I agree. At 14 and 4, it felt like we went out and won it. Yeah. But winning because Marquette ended on a four-game losing streak yeah. kind of cheapened it yeah. is to your point yeah so that's what i mentally i was kind of like eh okay that happened not surprised we'll take it let's move on yeah but the thing for me is i'm not saying that jay or the team should ever treat a game as meaningless i said before the game this game is not this game is way more impactful for seton hall yeah for sure seton hall had way more riding on the line we had nothing on the line we were already as we said the Big East champions yep and and I thought this game would have been a great game after a week off to tinker a little bit, like little bit finishing touches, yeah. which is why I wanted Swider. So that's why that's where my frustration really was. But I wasn't emotional about losing the game mm. because of the stakes were just totally different between the two teams. Seton Hall, what a week. 
Yes. We talked about it last weekend on the podcast, and we're like, Seton Hall's got a huge opportunity coming up, and bam. Yeah. Talk about capitalizing on the opportunity. That's an amazing way to end the regular yeah. season. So so let me ask you, though, because Brendan Riley on, on Twitter, and he's, he's on View Hoops, yeah. brought up uh, an interesting question this week. And he basically put up a poll, and it was like between – Jay Wright and Steve Wojciechowski, who would be your pick to win Big East Coach of the Year? Mm, interesting. And I thought it was an interesting discussion because I, I voted for Jay, as, yeah. as one does. I think I would vote for Jay, too. Yeah. But I also then commented and I said, well, what about Willard, Ewing, yeah. even Dave Leto? <laughs> like, Dave Leto. Right. But like, I, I said, what about those guys? Because to me, like, I, I think that they did a better job than Jay did. Yeah. Now, granted, some of that is fandom. Like, it goes back to that Twitter point that yeah. I brought up. People were like, Jay Wright loses four guys, still wins the Big East. Like, he's like, what a great coach, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, but and maybe, again, this is being spoiled, but by Jay Wright's standards, I think this, was, this wasn't one of his yeah, it's it, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, and so maybe that's a good actually segue into kind of the broader Big East and kind of where everything fell out. Because um, I like your I like your push on that. Because I don't think it should necessarily be between those two just because they happen to be first place and second place. It wasn't in the only that. It was it was also because no other team finished above five hundred. Mm. Brendan Riley's point was yeah. he was just like uh, I don't think we should start the process of rewarding coaches who can't finish above 500. Yeah, it's an interesting, yeah. Which is an interesting take. Yeah. But if you're asking me what team outperformed my expectations by the most, it's got to be those three. Uh, Hall with with Kevin Willard. Yeah. Ewing with Georgetown Georgetown or Dave Leto with Paul. I know it's crazy to say that. You can't say you can't say Dave Leto. That's ridiculous. Seven and eleven. They they, they technically (laughs) finished in last place. You cannot give coach of the year to the guy that finishes in last place. They finished less in last place. I, I like I like where your head's at. It was like, a little bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit tongue in cheek. I, I will say this: I, I get what you're going with the DePaul thing. Like they look way more competent than they usually do. That said, last place is last place. Fuck DePaul. No, no. DePaul's no, not. No. The, the other two are interesting though. Georgetown is, and it was we start looking ahead, right? Because it was basically, you know, it was Villanova final standings, Villanova, Marquette, everybody else, and then you know DePaul and, and Providence and uh, well Butler were kind of the bringing up the rear, right? Right. And if we think about what we have this year, and we'll, we'll talk about the Big East tournament in just a few minutes later. But even thinking ahead to what this this conference becomes next year, right? There's a lot of mediocrity right now because right now everybody, basically everybody's kind of sitting on the bubble. You've yeah. got us the and Marquette, whole conference on the bubble. Yeah, which is which. If you think back, if you sat, I don't know what five years ago when we formed the new Big East, and you said, "Hey, it's 2019. You're going to have no Big East teams that are ranked." And a bunch of teams hoping to get yeah, in. Yeah, because we're not going to be ranked. There's right. no teams that are going to be ranked right. this week. Yeah. I would have been like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, I could totally see that happening. Now now it's 2019 and it happens and you're thinking like, okay, yeah, it's a down year because we got a couple championships and like a bunch, a bunch of really – Yeah, like – A bunch of one seeds. Absolutely. And it's yeah. like, all right, fine. This year's a little bit of a weird year. But like next year I'm already excited – for a couple of those coaches and some of those teams that you mentioned, Seton Hall and Georgetown have shown they've got the pieces, and they are young teams. They're young. And the coaching, like, hopefully it continues to click and, and come together. That said, I'm not a big Willard fan, but... Providence well. is young, and Providence, I say, underperformed a little bit. I think they got they involved in a lot of, like, close Absol- games. Absolutely underperformed. A lot of close games. 
and they lost a lot of those games, but they are very young. Yeah. And they had a great recruiting class who were all freshmen this year on the rise. Yeah. I put Providence on the rise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I a lot of the teams are young. Creighton's young. Yeah, so so put this in perspective, right? Because we did a little bit of research on this. Providence, yeah, they finished towards the bottom bottom of the of the Big East. Fine, they're losing no one of substance next year. None. Creighton is losing no one of substance next year. Butler is losing Paul Jorgensen. Not not of really of substance, substance right? <laughs> Kamar um, Baldwin's still there. Kamar Baldwin's still there, right? Xavier is losing. No one of substance. Uh, a little bit less. A uh, little bit less so, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, basically... And they got Travis Steele. And they have Travis Steele, of course. <laughs> but yeah, Georgetown losing Jesse Govan, big piece. And Morning, I think. And Morning, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. But there's a lot of, and we'll talk about the Big East Awards in a minute, they've got a lot of young talent there. This conference is positioned to grow, and next year should be interesting. Seton Hall, also... The next two or three years for the conference are going to be interesting in that the Big East can actually turn into what the Big 12 was for like the last three or four years. It's a big statement. Yeah. Big statement. Yes. Yes. It is a big statement, but there's a lot of talent coming into this conference. A, we got one of the best recruiting classes coming in ever. Yeah. And to be clear, we are going to be the cream of the crop next year and the next couple years. It's going to be everybody else trying to continue to catch up to us. Right. Even Marquette's kind of young. Yeah, and technically they're young. Howard's gone though, Howard's and maybe gone. maybe the Housers, one or both one, of the Housers. One of the Housers, not not Joey. What you got is a conference that is all mediocre, all in the bubble this year, and all going to take a step forward next year. Which is which is pretty exciting, right? right. The fact that all these teams played themselves onto the bubble, and granted, in a weak bubble year. Still, I think, does say something and does set up well for an entertaining and competitive Big East next year. You have nine teams in the Big East who are in the top 80 of the net. That's pretty good. Right? Yeah. So, assuming you get similar strength of schedule out of conference, right, because that plays a factor. Yeah, yeah. You're going to perform better next year when you return your team into the out-of-conference slate. Yeah. And then we bring in... That same strength of schedule, hopefully. Some of it's luck, right? Some of that's luck. Yeah. But, like, but then you – more experience, better teams, etc. And then all, now all of a sudden you're competing again. So theoretically what you're competing now for like, you know, the last four in type of uh, – last four buys, yeah. last four in type, type with the average team in the Big East being around there – Hopefully next year the average team in the Big East is like a step forward, like yeah, a seven. A seven, team. yeah, right. That'd be awesome. Right. Yeah, if next year it shifts up and you've got us back in your normal kind of like one to three range, one will be a stretch, but like aspirational, you're in that one to three range. Yeah, a bunch of teams hopefully in that six to eight type range, and maybe there's somebody else who steps up into that kind of in between. Right. So you could be looking, you could be walking into the conference play next year with a few teams ranked. Yeah. That would be the idea. Awesome. And then, then then the year after, which there's still so much talent there's that's going to stay yeah. in, that you could be looking at, again, two years down the line. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Absolutely. But that's a point. Is, is <laughs> that's the point. what they pay us to do. Yeah, right. That's what we're trying to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> is You could be looking at, that's why I made my comment about the Big 12, is we could be looking at like five or six mm. teams ranked. Yeah. Well, yeah, which would be awesome. Right. Would be absolutely awesome. So yeah, so I think headline is like 
actually a lot of stuff to look forward to, not just in this tournament, which I think is going to be a fucking blast. Yes. But the next couple years. So, like, I, I'm, I'm starting to think forward a little bit, get excited about it. I can't remember a, a conference tournament, and I watch a lot of them. I watch a lot of the con- – even the, yeah. like the, the lower conference tournaments where, like, there are so many teams that are unranked. And yet I'm so amped for it. And it's like must-see TV. It's Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's like appointment television is the Big East tournament. I'm trying year. to maximize my time at MSG this Just year. Just because if I, if we're sitting here a week from now and DePaul won the Big East tournament, would that blow your mind? It would not. And frankly, DePaul, we'll get to this, DePaul's actually the team I'm, I'm pulling for in the Big East tournament. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Though. You mean we'll other than Villanova? Maybe point for DePaul, but anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. Um, all right, so I love the look ahead. Can we? Do you want to hit real quick on on the Big East awards, and then we can take a break? I don't even think we need a break today. Okay, fuck we, it. We fuck said it. we advertised. Yeah, we said we advertised that we were going to do break, and on the break we talked about how T-shirts are coming. The T-shirts are here. No fucking break. <laughs> yeah, I like it. We roll on. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's your break. Here's your break. Right here. Break. Nova Insider got us T-shirts. We're happy. And we'll send some of them out. Yeah. Great. All right. We're back. Done. Okay. So now in the second half of the show, uh, Big East Awards. Yeah. So, so yeah. Congrats to Phil Booth and Eric um, Pascal. Unanimous. That's pretty good. First team, all Big East selections. Joe Cremo, honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for his work for the Seton Hall Pirates. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's here all week. He's here yeah. all week. <laughs> Did him. Yeah, exactly. And our favorite... Hey, baby! Hey, baby! Up top. That Boom. was a high five. That was beautiful. We called it in the beginning of the year. We said we love Sadiq Bay. All freshman team honors. Yeah. For Hey, baby, Sadiq Bay. Watch out. Here we come. I, and I want to take a sidestep on Bay. Yeah. Because there was an interesting discussion that we had amongst friends in our Slack channel, mm. spurred on by a friend of the pod, Sandra Rocco. Mm, yes. So. Sandro said, I'm fully preparing for Sadiq Bey to be a lottery pick next year. That's what he said. That's bold. And I thought that was a real hot take, and yet it was entertained. And the reason is, and his reasoning is, and Sandro is a big NBA fan. So, like, preface this with Sandro played basketball growing up. We've talked about this. Yeah. Sandro should actually be on the podcast more because he actually knows basketball. <laughs> yeah. And he's a big NBA fan. So he. That's why so, we brought him on to, like, actually impart some knowledge. Yeah. And then we promptly didn't invite him back. And like, what, go away. what he did is he's gone to a, a handful of games this season and gone and watched the teams warm up, up close and personal. Yeah. He said a couple of things about Bay. He said one, Bay is a man. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> Seriously, though. He said he's a legit 6'8", NBA-ready body right now. Yeah. And can do a lot of the things that you expect him. He can dribble. He can shoot. He can pass. Makes a lot of good decisions. He can defend, as we've seen. You can put him on. You can guard pretty much oh, one to four. Oh, my God. He can pretty much actually guard all positions. His defense is so Maybe good. not one all the time. But if you have a, like a little bit of like a less athletic guard, yeah, like yeah. a Howard, yeah. who is like a really good shooter but is just trying to get open, yeah. right? He can guard one to five in those circumstances. Yeah. His point was one more year of development, Sadiq Bey could be a lottery-level pick. Which is Crazy. Crazy. I disagreed with that. I see Bay as like a three-year player, and he's going to get picked in the first round, but like 20 to 30. 
Which, I just don't know if which, he has an explosive level of athleticism or if he yet has shown that he does anything... How should I say this? Extraordinarily. There's nothing about him that's extraordinary. Like, there's nothing that jumps off the page with him, like a Mikhail Bridges, who just, his length just, so, and so, his shooting ability blows So away. it's a nice comparison, right? Because if you think about Bridges prior to um, last year, Bridges' role was basically spot-up shooter who played good defense. And the question mark was, coming into his junior year, was how much can he actively and successfully play more of a creator and be more of the focal point in the offense. Yeah, can he slash? Yeah. yeah. And so I think you'll see similar types of questions for Bay coming into next year. And then right? Bridges dunked on Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and all <laughs> questions were answered. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everyone, oh shit, he's a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I think you could see a similar type of question for Bay. And it's like, yeah, he's doing what he, what's been asked of him very well. Can he take it to the next level? I think he's got a great chance to do it next year. What's scary to me is if you said, hey, you get two more years of Sadiq Bey development. That's a frightening player. Yes. Like, good God. Yeah, we're talking about Biggie's player of the year, two-year level type guy. No question. Could absolutely do that. Right. And, and I think about the team next year, right? And I was when Sandra brought this up, I was like, ah, there's no way he's going to be way less of a focal point of the offense given our recruiting class coming in. And then I thought about it. I was like, ooh, probably not. Like, he's going to benefit from having uh, Brian Antoine on the team. Like, yeah. by all, by all, in my mind, Antoine's going to be a large, like, probably the focal point of the offense. But Bay is probably going to be the second. Possibly, yeah. JRE is pretty body-ready right now, I think. Yeah, it, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, after Quinterly, you kind of have to have a we'll see on everything this next year. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, okay, so I want to—so, uh, good sidebar there. I want to take turn back to the other players who showed up on the Big East uh, all-freshman team. Mm. Because I think I think it relates really well with our conversation. Um uh, that we were just having about being excited about the conference moving yeah. forward. The the one one thing that really stuck out to me was that three Georgetown players, yeah, showed up on the big on on that all Big East freshman team. Yeah. Uh, so you had Mac McClung, you had James Akinjo, and you had Josh LeBlanc. So so Georgetown, this is what we're talking about. Georgetown nine and nine, finish on the bubble. Patrick Ewing. Awesome job, real deal. He's a real deal as a coach. Similar to Chris as much as similar to Chris Mullen. <laughs> as much as Chris <laughs> Mullen is not, Patrick Ewing is. Um, which is funny because Ewing got the best of it. You know, the day I, too. I think I'm I'm not as totally sold on on Ewing, and we don't need to debate this right now. But I think we'll see what next year, how next year plays out. But anyway, your point is they've got a lot of young talent. There. They got three guys who are on the All Big East freshman team. Yeah, and, and that's not to say I want to for I our listeners. Six, I got half the team. Yeah, and I would say for our listeners, they may be saying, "Well, like who else was available there?" There, think about one, our recruiting class coming in, and then two, also think about Providence had two guys that were right around the top fifty in terms of recruits coming in. So yeah. there was definitely a lot of talent there that other players could have picked up those spots. Yeah, I mean, you had David Duke. Yeah, I, mean, which, I hate saying it's that. Terrible. Name. It's terrible. It's so bad. Um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but. Yeah, and yeah. AJ Reeves on yeah. Providence. And AJ Reeves had Providence had a great recruiting class. Yeah, so those guys didn't wake the team. Yeah, right. And then the other people on the team. So you had Bay, you had the three Georgetown guys, you had Zegarowski, who is really good. 
on Creighton, and then you had Hauser on Marquette. Yeah. Joey Hauser on Marquette. Yeah. So what you're looking at now is like you could be getting to that point where we've been talking about Georgetown not pulling its weight in the conference. You could be looking back at now, okay, let's do the scheduling wow. thing where you set Villanova and Georgetown in the final regular season that would battle. That be exciting. Because, because that's who we're looking forward to. I would to love year. for us to get back to that. Yeah. Everybody would. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. The I-95 battles Ugh. between Georgetown and, and Villanova. Come on. Let's get that's it done. That's what the conference needs. That's the easiest sell in the entire conference. Yeah, for sure. Is Georgetown being good, Villanova being good. Hopefully St. John's can somehow oh, figure it out, it. but I don't think they will. No. But that's what you want. You want those two. Those are the powers that the conference was supposed to be built around from the beginning, and now it looks like it's finally going to happen. I love it. I'm excited for next year. I don't. I, again, I don't want to write off this year, and I don't want to look forward too much, but I'm excited about our team. I'm excited about the conference next year. It's going to be fun. Like, is yeah. it November yet? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, like, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. 20, 20, right. 2019, So 20. now that we've gotten you excited about November, let's get you excited about this month. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... The Big East tournament is going to be a fucking shit show. What are you? What are you most excited about for the tournament? Because the tournament is tournament is a big thing in New York, which yeah. I love. By the way, the Big East has continued to push their presence in New York City. One of the things that makes me actually most proud about the new Big East tournament is when I'm going around town and I see the Big East tournament flags yes. that are all over the city. Yes. I Love that. Yes. I fucking love that. That is one of the things that excites me most about the new Big East. I agree 100%. And what makes the Big East tournament so special? Well, there's so many things about it that make it special. But Tell me, Chris. What makes it special? <laughs> it's the fact that like there are teams in there that fully believe that, look, we're not going to win a national championship. So if we can get – it's almost like a mid-major mentality in a, in a weird way. So if we can make a big run in the Big East tournament, that would be like our stamp on yeah. like how awesome the season was. And you combine that with the Madison Square Garden energy. You combine that with the like-minded school type philosophy. So you got a lot of people who know each other. Yeah. You got, you got rivalries. You got people who hate it because there's like big brother, little brother mentalities that are playing out not only on the athletic level, but on the academic level. Yeah. So you got all of those things that are all formulating together to come together into this. And you have regional players and schools by and large. Yeah. And yeah, you have the, 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 Kind of the other side of the conference where you're in, where you got, you know, the DePauls, the Creightons, the Xaviers, the Butlers, um, but and the Marquettes. But those teams I've seen in the last couple of years, their fans are starting to learn how to travel Absolutely. to the Garden for the tournament and Absolutely. really soak it in. And I've said I've spent many times succeeded next to Xavier fans, yeah, and Marquette fans, for sure. and Creighton fans who have journeyed. And decided to come, and there's a state, there's their week in New York, yeah, type of experience. Now this week, this year is probably going to be a little bit different, given that a lot of those teams, your Xavier, your Butler, are farther down, and the expectations are probably a little bit lower. So this year, I'm actually pretty excited because you could have a little bit more of that like traditional power base, right? Like yeah. the Georgetown fans, the, the Northeast I'm, corridor. Yeah, I'm betting the Georgetown fans show up because they're seeing the trend. They say, hey. We got an outside shot at this. Yes. Like, there is a there's a real path for Georgetown. Georgetown can not win the Big East Championship and make the tournament. That's bold. Yeah, they've got to win at least two. 
I would think they got to get two. They've got to if they got two, they're they are in the conversation. Yes, but yeah. So I think win they, one, and they're watching the they're watching the selection. They're watching, show. yeah. But yeah, but bottom line is, look, you've got Georgetown. Their fans are going to be there. St. John's, obviously, it's been an up and down year, but the St. John's fans always show up in the garden. Like they're going to be buzzing. You know, Pons is going to be fucking ready to go. Yeah, and, and candidly, like uh, Villanova fans are always show up. In yeah. some years, it's been like Villanova North yeah, home games, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know that the two most, the two other fan bases that show out so well, and I got, I hate giving them credit because I don't like them, <laughs> but the Seton Hall fans and the Providence fans oh. make the garden. Seton Hall fans, man, they are absolutely going to be there. Yeah. Oh in yeah. Force. In oh force. yeah. Yeah. They're pumped. Their team just came off of two big wins, rolling into the dance with their head held high. Right, yeah, and they, three seed. I think they got in the in the Big East tournament, and they're know. thinking to themselves, "We got a shot." Yeah, we're Miles, coming. Miles Powell, man, that dude has got to be playing with so much confidence right now. Hell it's yeah, unreal. Oh, good for them. But yeah, so all these fan bases coming together, the energy is going to be terrific. I'm also excited to see all the stupid mascots that come out. Yes, and we don't need to do our whole rundown, but the highlights to look out for are obviously the Providence creepy friar. And the Providence dog. Yes. Thank God they got rid of the all-white Providence friar. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, especially when you got a guy named David Duke oh, on the ooh. team. That is rough. Jeez, that is very unfortunate. Yes. They're the really bad one. You got the Xavier Blob is the other pretty bad one. Yeah, the Blue Blob. The Blue Blob. <laughs> very strange, very strange. Awful. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, anyway. So, so you got some of the mascots. Yeah, some of the there. mascots, you got some of that. But I'm I'm pumped. I, I think to me this year is just like this the amount of teams that are on the bubble just make this so intriguing. Because every because they have such a vested interest. Like people are gonna be playing their asses off, and it's not just for the hey, I wanna stake my claim, because they all see a path to the tournament. Right. The energy is going to be like the competition is going to be electric. We have all the teams are above five hundred, so yeah. you're playing with really good teams. Yeah, right. No, no elite teams. Not really. No, good no, 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 no. Really good. Teams. Really good. Elite. No. Oh, no okay. elite okay, teams. Okay. No excellent teams. Yeah. No tier one A teams, but all very really good teams. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So. So wait. Here's a question for you. So obviously we got that going on. I mentioned this earlier. Obviously we're po- both pulling for Villanova. Aside from Villanova, who are you cheering for? Oh boy, I got. Let me. I got. I got to think about this. For me, it's DePaul. All right, explain and, yourself. Yeah, yeah. So here's where I come up with. Here's an here's where I'm going with this. DePaul technically finished last in the Big East. That said, this is not your father's DePaul. Actually, <laughs> your father's DePaul was way better. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your slightly older cousin's yeah, DePaul. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good, good clarification. Basically, the DePaul games this year, DePaul looked competitive. DePaul seemed to show up to games mentally and be like, hey, we want to play this game hard and maybe even try to win this game. (laughs) I want to see, I want to reward that. I want Max Struess to continue to be extremely loose and play his way into the tournament. That would be terrific to me. That dude has been on an absolute heater to end the season, and I want to see it play out. So that's why I am rooting for DePaul aside from Villanova, because they, unlike a number of the other teams, are not on the bubble and need to win out to make the tournament. All right. I am going to directly verse you. Okay. And I'm going to take their first-round opponent in St. John's. Mm. And... 
I am doing it much less. So I would view your approach as more altruistic. Mm. That they deserve more than what they've gotten. Yeah. My approach is I want to see good matchups. Okay. And I'm looking at this and saying Thursday night at the Garden, which is electric. Yeah. Has the opportunity to be St. John's Marquette. Nice. Home game for St. John's. St. John's owns two wins over Marquette. So good. Followed by Georgetown Seton Hall. Wild. That would be that would be a great matchup. Wow. Okay. okay. So then I'm That's looking awesome. forward to the finals. I mean, sorry, the semifinals. Yeah. And you have the winner of the St. John's Marquette game and the Georgetown Seton Hall game. And there literally is no bad outcome. Yeah. That's that's But if I had to pick an outcome, I'd pick an outcome that doesn't include Marquette. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because I kind of like this whole Marquette losing thing. It's kind of oh fun. God. Right? Can you imagine if they lose that one too? But yes. St. John's wins against Marquette to solidify their NCAA bid because that would do it. They beat DePaul, they beat Marquette. There's no questions, right? But then you have a game in the semifinals of the Big East tournament between either St. John's and Georgetown with all the history there. So good. Or so that's your Friday night nightcap, right? Or St. John's and Seton Hall. Which is just like two teams that are separated by like a couple miles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that is crazy. Like, I, like all those fan bases would be there in mass. Right. Oh, the, the garden would be humming. Okay, so then play out our top side of the bracket. So I'm thinking I'm rooting for Butler over Providence, and that's totally a fear play. Yeah. In that I think Butler sucks, and I think Providence could actually beat us. Yep. Um, and then, so they would play Austin the, in the noon game on Thursday, which I hate being in the noon game, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that is, so we're picking Villanova to get there. Then you got Creighton and Xavier. Which, quick side note, our half of the bracket, I don't know how it worked out. We absolutely lucked out there because we avoided Seton Hall, St. John's, Georgetown, <laughs> Marquette. and Marquette. Yeah. Like, that's absurd. Yeah, right. Obviously, we've lost to some of the teams that we're, we're potentially playing, but, like, yeah, if you would have given me that bracket, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that seems pretty easy. Yeah. So then you got Villanova versus Creighton or Xavier. Okay. In the semifinals. The whole entire building is going to be rooting against us. Unless our fans Except are basically for our only... Fans. Which, which could be fans. 75% of the building. I don't think it will be because of who I said will be involved. Mm, okay. St. John, Seton Hall, Georgetown, okay, okay, yeah, et cetera, yeah. all rooting against Villanova. Yeah. Okay. That sets up a potential final. Villanova versus Seton Hall, which we've seen that before. Villanova yeah. versus Georgetown, which we which would be fucking wild. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That Villanova be really versus St. John's, also which would also be yeah. wild. Right? Or Villanova versus Marquette, which is the one two seeds, which would just be like, holy crap, we got this one two matchup finally. That would be yeah. A lot of, so a lot of good options. Yeah, a lot of good options. That's pretty cool. So so that's why I'm rooting for St. John's, and it's selfish because I just want I want to drive the most possible atmosphere yeah. into this garden. Yeah. And wouldn't it be something, right? Let's just say Villanova doesn't win the tournament. Let's just take that out of it. Yep. Wouldn't it be something if St. John's or Georgetown won the Big East tournament this year? That, that would absolutely be something. Yes. It would be cool. Like There's a nostalgia factor that would be cool. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. All right, pretty good. It, regardless, it should be an absolutely fun week. Oh, yeah. It should be crazy. Teams playing. Every game is so relevant. Like, like the only games that really don't matter 
for the NCAA other than, well, actually, no, the only game that doesn't really matter for the NCAA is the first game. The, the 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 Butler Providence game have, will have no, no bearing no bearing, on, no bearing on the on the NCAA tournament. Every other game has NCAA tournament implications, which is just crazy to add on top of everything else that's a powder keg of this conference right now. I love it. So look, what's been an up and down season, both for us and the Big East, is coming to a head with what should be a fun conference tournament. So yep. let's let's embrace it. So uh, before we jump off, that's probably all we need on the Big East tournament. I think before we jump off, can we just touch on a super quick heart monitor? And it's not even going to be a heart monitor. It's going to be an archidiacono monitor. Yeah. Because if you haven't looked up the play, Arch has had a great week, as always. But he has this one play, <laughs> which is just so stereotypical Ryan Archidiacono. By the way, if you missed this, if this is the first time you've heard about this play, please lift the rock that you're sleeping yeah, under. Honestly, <laughs> right? Because this was everywhere. It was, yeah. Um, the dude, I mean, loose ball, he flies out of bounds, as he always does, and, you know, he doesn't make one of the plays that's like a typical, like, oh, I'm just flying out of bounds, like, let me just kind of swat it back in bounds. No, he makes a play akin to, here's a reference for you, you ever seen Luck of the Irish, the Disney movie? No. Oh, shit. All right. So any of the listeners out there who's ever seen Luck of the Irish, it's a great Disney movie. It's like horrible. I bet I'm in the majority here. I don't know. Maybe no. Maybe. We'll see. But anyway, dude makes his like diving out of bounds play. So Arch is in the air. Well, like, Rob is Rob is actually trying to imitate I'm like, I'm trying movie. to imitate it. Yeah, it's, it's not working well. We need a video for this. This is why we should do YouTube, right? Um, he like kind of grabs the ball, palms it, throws this perfect like outlet pass. To one of the other Bulls guys, I don't even know who it was. It wasn't Levine because I think Levine ended up on the other no, end. Levine was the one who dunked. Dun, 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 yeah, basically hits this hits the Bulls guy in stride yes. to like accelerate this fast break while Arch is in the air flying through. Like time slows down. It's amazing. The dude catches the ball quickly, throws an alley oop to uh, to Zach Levine, who finishes, and it's just unreal. Yeah, and then the Bulls coach is sitting there, just like jacking yeah, Archie Zacchino like, up. He's like, he's like fucking giving him high five. He's like going crazy. Like it was awesome. He became the coach. It's awesome when you see a player become a player or a coach become a fan in yes, the moment. Yes. And he became a fan in the moment and was just so amped up about it. It was yeah, super cool. It was super cool. And obviously the Bulls continue to struggle, but Arch continues to play efficient. Just this week he had one game 10 points on 5 of 7 shooting with 3 and 2 as well. Another game he was 9 points on 4 of 5 shooting with 4 and 3. So like filling up the stat sheet, doing the dirty work, doing what needs to get done, and I love it. Absolutely love it. So Kudos to Arch. Continue to do what you're doing, and you will continue to earn that. NBA He's paycheck. at this point made a name for himself in the NBA. He absolutely has. Yeah, which he, is incredible. I would never have guessed it. Not, no, no. I, honestly, I wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah, it, and yeah, just it's it's so nice to see that part of our payoff. I think the stories have been written about how people were talking bullshit about that 16 team not having an NBA player on it, yeah, yeah. and how wrong that was. But I didn't expect Arch to be like. Literally getting highlight real plays in the NBA. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, I think that's probably probably about it, right? Yeah, I have nothing else to really go here. So we're gonna, we're not doing a podcast during the tournament, correct? Unless we lose early, in which case we'll probably do our recap pretty soon after it and yeah. look ahead to the tournament. Although. Yeah, maybe. Well, who knows? Yeah, Regardless, we, don't, we don't know how this week's going to go. Yeah. So it's hard to say when we're going to do our next podcast, other than I can assertively say that after our draw comes out on Sunday evening, yep. we will be doing 
a podcast. Yeah. So the next podcast, well, potentially the next podcast, we'll cover our NCAA tournament. Yes. Which is going to be fun. Yep. All right. So March is here. The postseason's here. The regular season's here. If you're excited for the postseason because you like what you saw, great. If you're excited for the postseason because you're just happy that that regular season's over, also great. It's here. That's all we got for you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a week. And as always, let's Let's go go Nova. Nova.